Welcome to Murder Minute. On today's episode, the story of Larry Wayne Thomas and Alabama's longest-serving inmate. But first, your true crime headlines. In Oklahoma, a Nazi sympathizer who used an AR-15 to shoot an unarmed woman fleeing with his swastika flag is free on bail after claiming self-defense and having his bond lowered. 44-year-old Alexander Feaster, an Air Force veteran, is charged with shooting 26-year-old Kendall McVeigh multiple times last June, when at around 3 a.m. she allegedly removed a Nazi flag from his house and attempted to run back to a property across the street where she was attending a party. McVeigh was shot in her legs and lower abdomen and was hospitalized for several weeks, but miraculously survived her injuries. Feaster said that he is a nonviolent, patriotic citizen who, quote, does not prescribe to all of the tenets of National Socialism, and claimed that he fired four warning shots in the air and that he believed McVeigh or one of her friends at the party had fired a weapon too. Feaster's legal team claimed, quote, Mr. Feaster was isolated and alone, fearing for his life. He acted in self-defense. Feaster's legal team also accused McVeigh of committing trespass, larceny, hate crimes, and violations of Oklahoma's Anti-Terrorism Act. Police believe that Feaster, who's allegedly had flags stolen from his property in the past, was laying in wait for McVeigh. They say his own security system recorded him shooting McVeigh while she was, quote, obviously running away from his residence with only a flag in her hand. Feaster was arrested and charged with assault and battery with a deadly weapon, as well as shooting with the intent to kill. On Wednesday, attorneys for Feaster successfully argued that their client's half-a-million-dollar bail was excessive. The judge agreed, reducing the 44-year-old shooter's bail to $75,000 and clearing him to live with his mother until his trial in November. The parents of five-year-old Cannon Hinnant, who was shot to death in North Carolina last week, say that they want the death penalty for his killer. According to police, around 5.33 p.m. on August 9th, five-year-old Cannon Hinnant was outside on his bike with his two sisters, who are seven and eight years old, when a neighbor, 25-year-old Darius Sessoms, exited his home, walked up to Cannon, and shot him point-blank in the head. One eyewitness said that Sessoms then ran back to his home after the shooting, before fleeing the area in a 2019 Toyota Corolla. A motive for the shooting is still unknown. Sessoms was a neighbor of the family for eight years, and even had dinner and drinks with the little boy's father the night before Cannon's murder. Darius Sessoms was caught and arrested within 24 hours of the killing. He was charged with first-degree murder, and denied bond. He has yet to enter a plea. Cannon was laid to rest on Thursday. A white Georgia state trooper has been fired and charged with murder on Friday, one week after he fatally shot a 60-year-old black man during a traffic stop over a broken taillight. The trooper, 27-year-old Jacob Thompson, pulled over 60-year-old Julian Roosevelt Lewis at around 9 p.m. on August 7th. 
Lewis was returning home from a convenience store run. Thompson spotted Lewis driving with a broken taillight, followed him, and attempted to pull him over. Lewis continued driving. The officer then used his patrol car to force Lewis's car to turn sideways, causing him to stop in a ditch. Lewis put both of his hands on the steering wheel, and Thompson approached the vehicle with his weapon drawn. The officer claims that that's when Lewis attempted to drive toward him, and Thompson opened fire. An attorney for Lewis's family said, quote, Mr. Lewis never got out of the vehicle, and the investigation will show that mere seconds after the crash, he was shot to death, shot in the face and killed. The president of Georgia's NAACP chapter called the slaying of Lewis, quote, another chilling example of a black man being killed unlawfully by a white law enforcement officer. The Georgia Department of Public Safety said in his statement that Thompson was subsequently fired for his, quote, negligence or inefficiency in performing assigned duties or commission of a felony. Jacob Thompson faces charges of felony murder and aggravated assault. Those are your true crime headlines. Up next, Larry Wayne Thomas. But first, a quick break. A few weeks back, I became a Thrive Market member. They're delivering organic and sustainable groceries right to my door. With over 6,000 wholesome products curated from the world's best organic, non-GMO, non-toxic, and sustainable brands, I can't imagine shopping any other way. Once you try Thrive Market, you'll love it as much as I do. Here's why. As a proud Thrive Market member, I get the products I love, and my paid membership provides a free one for someone in need, like a low-income family, a teacher, a veteran, or a first responder. Thrive Market tailors to over 70 different diets and values, like paleo, keto, or plant-based, delivering the highest quality organic and sustainable essentials from groceries, healthy snacks, meat and seafood, non-toxic cleaning products, and bath and body. As a member, I'm saving 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices, and their carbon-neutral shipping is free on orders over $49. But Thrive Market isn't just good for my body, it's good for everybody. The savings I get on my favorite clean organic products are amazing, but I also feel good about helping to support communities in need. In addition to membership matching, Thrive Market has raised over $750,000 to date through their COVID-19 relief fund. Go to thrivemarket.com slash murder minute. Join today and you'll get a free gift of your choosing, up to $22 in value. That's thrivemarket.com slash murder minute to start your risk-free membership and get a free gift today at thrivemarket.com slash murder minute. These days, there are a lot of reasons to lose sleep. A global pandemic, fireworks outside your window, your terrible neighbors throwing plague parties, murder, of course. 
And now, the mail. But there's one thing that should never cause you to lose sleep. Your mattress. Most of us are spending a lot more time in bed these days. So if you're sleeping on some saggy old mite-filled mattress, give yourself an upgrade. Get a Helix. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Everybody's unique, and Helix knows that, so they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses, mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. I always sleep hot. And even a Helix Plus mattress for people who need a little bit more room. And if you're a couple, take the quiz together, and the quiz will match you to the best compromise for both of you, which makes the decision really easy. One less thing to fight about during quarantine. I took the Helix quiz and was matched with the Dusk because I wanted a medium firmness for my back pain, not too hard and not too soft. I needed the Goldilocks mattress and one that could take me tossing and turning all night. The Dusk's body contouring reacts to my shape and takes all the pressure off so I don't wake up needing a chiropractor. Helix is the best mattress that I have ever slept on. Also, check out their amazing cooling pillows so that you don't ever have to sweat these hot summer nights. Once you finish your quiz and order your mattress, your new Helix bed will be delivered directly to your door within 10 business days. Never go to the mattress store again. Get the mattress that was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Go to helixsleep.com slash murderminute. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. With the 10-year warranty, you get to try it out for 100 nights, risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. You'll love it. And now for Murder Minute listeners, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash murderminute. That's up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows at helixsleep.com slash murderminute. During stressful times, it's natural to want to discuss your anxieties and fears with someone. So if you've been struggling with mental health issues like stress, anxiety, depression, isolation, or general life changes, and you've been thinking about talking to someone, it's time to get BetterHelp. BetterHelp is not a crisis line, and it's not self-help. It's professional counseling, done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist so that you can start communicating in under 48 hours. 
BetterHelp has a broad range of expertise available, and the service is available for clients worldwide. Just log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions so that you don't ever have to sit in a waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change your counselor whenever you need to. Plus, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read the testimonials posted daily. Like this review, written by a BetterHelp user after counseling for two weeks with Stephen Berman about issues concerning depression and self-esteem. Steve is clearly extremely knowledgeable and I appreciate that he has continued to learn and update his practice to incorporate the techniques that he sees work the best. He is not intimidating at all and I enjoy working with him. Or this one from a BetterHelp user counseling with Jasmine Travis. Jasmine has been really understanding, kind, and non-judgmental. I've been able to really engage with her and come to a mutual agreement as to the kind of help I need in order to move forward with therapy. I would highly recommend her to anyone, especially LGBT plus folks and or non-monogamous people. Visit betterhelp.com slash murderminute. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Murder Minute listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash murderminute. Betterhelp.com slash murderminute. Welcome back to Murder Minute. On Thursday, August 2nd, 1962, a Midfield, Alabama 5th grader, 11-year-old Larry Wayne Thomas, went to a Little League baseball game. It was a hot summer afternoon, and after the game, Thomas and another boy, his friend 11-year-old Tim Kennedy, were climbing on some monkey bars on the playground when a car pulled up next to them. The man in the car called them over to him. He told the two that he was waiting on another boy and invited Larry and Kim to get in his car. He would drive them over to the Fairfield drugstore, he said, and get them some cold drinks. The boys accepted his offer and when they arrived at the store, Kim got out of the car and went into the shop to get the drinks. But when Kim came back outside, the car, the stranger, and his friend Larry were gone. The stranger was 28-year-old Michael Anthony Mayola. 
Mayola had been working as a barber for about a year in Oneonta under the name George R. Workman. According to the Birmingham News, quote, employees of the appliance store about three doors from the shop said that he was a quiet sort of guy who was just in and out. Residents said that they thought he lived part-time at his cabin and often stayed at a room he rented in a downtown hotel. On Saturday, August 4th, 1962, two days after Larry's disappearance, Michael Mayola, or George Workman as everyone knew him, began inquiring about the city's out-of-town bus schedules under the pretense that he wanted to post them in his barbershop. When he didn't open the barbershop that Saturday as usual, police found Mayola's car behind the shop. Inside the shop, they found notes written to his employee, Edward Bailey, a deaf-mute man who worked as his assistant. In one note, Mayola said that he left a loaded gun behind and that Bailey could take the barber equipment and sell the shop. Edward, from now on, you'll be the boss, he wrote. Some of these days I'll probably write you if I get able. Pray for me. I'm leaving now and won't be back. The following Tuesday, Mayola, who was not yet a suspect and had no warrant out for his arrest, walked into the Baltimore, Maryland office of FBI agent Russell E. Vorpagel and confessed. Mayola told him that something had been bothering him a great deal, that he had killed a little boy in Alabama and wanted to get it off his chest. The agent was not even aware of the kidnapping. Mayola said that he took Larry to his Blunt County cabin and sodomized him. I dozed off a few times, and in the early morning, while he was still asleep, I took a 22 caliber revolver from under my pillow and shot him, Mayola said. I tried to make it as painless as possible. I looked around and pulled the trigger. After I shot the boy, I wrapped him up and took him outside to a trench around the cabin. I put him in the corner of the trench and covered him with dirt. Then I went to work. Police went to Mayola's cabin, a crude two-bedroom structure accessible only by a dirt road. Officers called the cabin, quote, the filthiest we've ever seen. Behind the structure, they found the body of Larry Wayne Thomas. He was wrapped in a blanket, buried in what newspapers described as a gutter-type shallow grave, just two feet deep. He had been shot once in the left eye, cut with a knife, and his body was covered in disinfectant to speed up decomposition. When the FBI looked into Michael Anthony Mayola, they found 
a checkered past. He was born in Washington, D.C., where his father still lived, and had a stepmother and half-brothers and sisters who reportedly considered him an outcast. Mayola graduated high school in Hyattsville, Maryland, joined the Army at age 19, went AWOL, and was discharged. In 1955, he was convicted of sodomy in Maryland and served 10 months of a two-year sentence. Then, on March 21, 1960, he was arrested in Long Beach, California for molesting a child. He pleaded guilty to a reduced charge of disorderly conduct and was sentenced to a $105 fine roughly $900 today, or just 10 days in jail. Mayola then left California and barbered at Fort Union Military School in Central Virginia for a time, before making his final move to Alabama. It was on Sunday, August 5, 1962, that Mayola decided to turn himself in and boarded a bus to Baltimore, Maryland. After he confessed, he explained to FBI agents that he wanted to be tried any place but Alabama. The FBI agents told Mayola that they had no jurisdiction over those crimes and held Mayola awaiting action in Alabama. Authorities in Alabama asked for his extradition. Mayola didn't put up a fight. He was soon on his way back to stand trial for murder, accompanied by police officers and a reporter, Tom Lankford, of the Birmingham News, who the Blunt County Sheriff's Office managed to get deputized in exchange for the use of his air-conditioned automobile for the long road trip. As they traveled back to Alabama, the reporter asked Mayola questions and telephoned the details back to the office as they stopped along the way. By the time they arrived back on Sunday, August 12th, a large crowd, many of them armed, were waiting for Mayola, who the papers had already dubbed a sex criminal. The Southern Democrat reported that 400 citizens had assembled outside the courthouse. Other newspapers put the number at closer to between one and 2,000. To avoid the angry mob, Mayola was instead transported to Gadsden and then Montgomery, where he was jailed for two nights before being returned back to Onionta on Wednesday, August 15th to await trial. On November 12th, 1962, the trial began. The jury deliberated for nine hours before finally the sentence was handed down. Life in prison. According to the Aniston paper, when the verdict was read, Larry's mother, Dora Thomas, ran screaming to the bench. How could you give him life and not the chair? She cried. Cecil Putman, foreman of the jury, replied, 
I did all I could do. Larry Thomas was buried on August 9, 1962, one week after his disappearance in Midfield's Valhalla Cemetery. In his obituary, the family requested that out of respect, curiosity seekers not attend the service. A baseball field at Midfield Park was later named in Larry's honor, and Alabama Governor George Wallace attended its dedication. The park still bears his name today. 57 years later, Michael Anthony Mayola is Alabama's longest-serving prisoner. He is serving his sentence at Stanton Correctional Center. He is 86 years old. This has been Murder Minute. For True Crime Anytime, download the Murder Minute app or follow us on Instagram at Murder Minute.